Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. I am the hostess and creator of this podcast where we are focused on effective thinking for potent exercise. This podcast is dedicated to optimizing exercise and overall human function. We do this with knowledge that is an intersection of exercise mechanics, muscle expertise, and embracing curiosity. I'm so privileged and grateful to have you here for this wonderful conversation about expecting more from your home exercise. In fact, I would love to call it creating a rich home exercise experience. And it's so timely. I see this pandemic as being a time with a lot of opportunity for reframing, innovation, and rebirth. My goal is to help my clients transition to being fully self-sufficient despite patterns of pain and chronic injury, which means not relying on me to fix them. I'd like to be this co-captain and educator where they don't have to hand over complete control. Rather, we are creating and co-creating a healthy relationship for self-improvement and high-quality fitness, high-quality exercise, which means high-quality reps and feeling really connected to the motions. So today's podcast guest is a person that is aligned with these goals, and you'll see that we have a lot in common, Ed Morand of Beyond Pilates NYC. His brick and mortar is located in Midtown Manhattan, and now he's really into this virtual space, as I am, training, teaching, and uh, helping people do neuromuscular therapy as well, virtually. So he is a wonderful friend and a colleague. Our topics of discussion, training and fitness are essential services. Why Ed call, well, why Ed won't call exercises by a particular name, no name exercises. (laughs) Simple science can enhance your exercise experience and performance. That's the really big topic that we go into. The uh, makeup of Ed's unique at-home Pilates exercise class, Blend, really fun, and I participated in it last week via Zoom, and I really enjoyed it. We talk about boosting nitric oxide with exercise. We discuss the physics of tubing. Love this part. You'll have to get to the end uh, of the conversation to really get it, but man, there's some really good meat in there and really good tidbits. And we talk about cues that enhance body weight exercise. Ed and I are sharing this experience of creating high quality fitness for these times and new goals from the lens of being neuromuscular therapists. We are both MATRX, Muscle Activation Techniques, RX Full Body Certified. And here's a little bit more about Ed and where to reach him. So Ed is really coming at this his career and his background from Pilates and he was introduced to Pilates while studying and working with the dance theater of Harlem. He 
pursued a career in performing arts and then transitioned to a training and even lecturing instructors for New York City Sports Club, you know, within that same era. And then he set out to combine, you know, this conscientious body of fitness and body work with beyond Pilates. So he's been an MAT specialist for about a decade, just like myself. And he's also versed in posturology. And Ed and I really connected in this like highest elite class of muscle activation techniques called the MATRX. And He's been quoted and featured in all kinds of magazines, uh, Oprah's O Magazine, Strong Magazine, Men's Fitness, L, uh, the New York Daily News, and even in some books, The Pilates Method of Body Conditioning and Bootcamp. He's appeared and trained the host of a different talk show. He was featured on MSNBC's Morning Blend, Good Morning America, New York Edition, so he's got a lot of experience presenting and talking and you'll hear just how well he is able to teach these scientific concepts and bring it to a level that we can all use and it's just fantastic. He's really willing and eager to share these uh, experiences and enthusiasm. We both share a lot of enthusiasm for the structure and function of the human body. He's and what I really admire is like a student of biomechanics, anatomy, physiology, physics. We're just we're really aligned in this stuff. It's so fun. He can be reached at beyondpilates.net, on Facebook, Beyond Pilates NYC, on Instagram at ed underscore Morand, M-O. R-A-N-D, and then Instagram Beyond Pilates NYC. You can also reach them at edmirandaiacloud.com. You can reach me at impactyourfitness.net and on Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness. And if you'd like to support the show, go ahead and check out Ruvi, R-U-V-I. It's a high-performance drink that is just fruits and vegetables and nothing else. That means all the fiber. It's just freeze-dried blends. It really speaks for itself. There's no additives, no sugar, no gluten, and all the fiber. Just as I said, that's my favorite part. Your first order comes with a free shaker bottle. So cool. Go to Impact Your Fitness thrivelife.com slash Ruby. And of course, please support the show with a subscription and a review on iTunes. Um, would you call yourself a biohacker? I would call myself uh, a fitness hacker. Would you agree? Yeah. Saying biohacker, I think it spreads out to something that's like perimedical and, uh, do you think of yourself as a biohacker? No, I don't like that term. But it no. does make sense from one definition that I heard, which was like, ever since artificial light was invented, that us humans have been trying to improve our health. 
And like, that was the gist of the definition. I could read it. Uh, I wrote it. Oh, is that right? That was, that was the gist of the definition that I really liked. And I was like, I, that was the only one, but if I listened to Bulletproof, um, no, I'm not, I don't like, right. Yeah. I don't like it. Here's where I land with that as well, because I have, um, you know, like you, I have a, a healthy network of friends and colleagues and those who are sensitive to, um, you know, language and, uh, you know, copy taglines, advertising, and then the energy that that puts out into the universe, you know, I've gotten some feedback that the concept of hack, you know, it really derived from this, this post 2000 or early tech idea of a cheater, right? Someone that cheated to get ahead, cheated to gain access into your system. And um, does one want to really be associated with that kind of a word? Do you see? Yeah, no, I'm not cheating. Yeah, I don't. We're not cheating. No, but I want to stick it to the man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, maybe. The fitness man. (laughs) Maybe shortcuts, maybe, um, you know, uh, counter, you know, a fitness counterculture might be a, a cool way to describe it. Oh, I love it. Zeitgeist. <laughs> well, because um, it references like the 60s and this, I, you know, this, this uh, smashing of the idols, you know, yeah. tear down the powers oh, that be. Yeah. That's it. I think that's a, a really fun thing to think about before we start. Um, can you tell my fabulous audience who you are? My name is Ed Morand. I'm a fitness coach and uh, an expert biomechanist uh, and an MAT practitioner, MATRX practitioner. I own a business in Manhattan in New York City called Beyond Pilates and uh, for 18 years now. And uh, I help people who are frustrated, confused, sometimes angry uh, due to their tightness, pain, and injury. Uh, Basically, the work that I do, the work that we do, sets them free. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Well, setting them free uh, with your instruction or just just information, or is this like a transformational coaching? Yeah. More and more, it's become this transformational coaching where we discuss, you know, the macro view of fitness, lifestyle, nutrition, sometimes supplementation. And specifically, their working biomechanics, all of these ways that we can get their human machine to work more efficiently with less pain, less inflammation, and greater range of motion. And then we say free, we mean this freedom of motion, which usually sets the stage for this cascade of feel good, right? You, mm-hmm. You've moved better, you suddenly have an emotional response to it, you feel better emotionally, you sleep better, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, are you working with a lot of people that you were previously working with in your, um, in your Manhattan, like brick and mortar business? What's now interesting, that we've transitioned to virtual or six feet apart training. Yeah. What's interesting is that there's a number of people that come from that time, you know, the, the conventional time where we worked in brick and mortar spaces and uh, a good number of people are now uh, coming back because they either moved away, had children, moved out of state, moved, 
you know, I'm in Midtown Manhattan. They might have moved to Brooklyn and it's not convenient for us to meet anymore. So I'm seeing some of these. It's like a reunion of old friends uh, and clients. Mm-hmm. So it's a mix, I would say. And what's really awesome is that now uh, I'm able to reach out like, like you would be uh, and like you are to a whole new market, a much larger expanse and reach uh, nationally, internationally. So that's just starting. Yeah. Yeah. I am personally very excited about reaching a bigger audience and I'm excited that we are getting very important information that comorbidities like obesity and high blood pressure are much more than vanity items and uh, things you know, associated with how we look. It really has to do with how durable our body is. And in, in this instance, how uh, overreactive or, I don't know, susceptible our immune system is to this virus. I'm excited that this is a time where this is really apparent to people that we have to take care of ourselves. Maybe, I, maybe it's a little selfish, but... Um, I also, I don't know, I just, I, I love the energy behind that and that I'm sitting on this platform just like ready to like share with the world. So I'm so happy you're here. We've been talking about doing a podcast for a while. Yeah, and been a while now. Yeah, yeah. And just the like little backstory, friends and folks out in podcast land, Ed and I, uh, really, we met through... Our, our muscle activation techniques classes, we've bonded over weird sauna visits. We've bonded over <laughs> TikTok. Um, we've, we have had some great classes together, some great meals, but like we really have a lineage together. If you look at like how many people we know in conjunction of one another. And ever since we met, we were always talking about these you know, health concepts and like how important it is that people know what we know and practice every day. So that's the backstory. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's about right. And just to go back to this concept of comorbidities, uh, you know, I'm starting to get the message out to my people and then to the greater public that I can help you to build resistance. We can help you to build resistance to COVID-19 in very simple, easy to reach ways, right? They're not costly. They're not a great deal of effort. When it comes to, you know, exercising the major muscle groups, we can lower blood sugar very quickly. Um, We can do that on a day-to-day basis. We can do that on a longer term basis. Mm -hmm. We can lower things like, uh, you know, risks of heart disease, uh, hypertension, um, and because we're lowering blood sugar, we're talking about diabetes or pre-diabetes. Um, and then generally, uh, we're talking about, so I was calling that a trifecta, right? Heart, heart, hypertension, heart disease, and uh, diabetes. But really, we're talking about um, obesity having its, or metabolic syndrome having their own uh, risks in this particular time. So it's interesting how we might not be seen as essential service workers right now. At this time, yeah. But isn't it interesting that this is really about the most essential service? Yeah. And 
we have a captive audience, people who are confined in our homes. Uh, yeah, you're, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for me before this, it was my, my message was get strong and stay strong and I will help you. Um, no matter what your injury history is, I, I can at least give you information that will enlighten your path if you believe in your body's capacity to change. You know, you know my tagline for years was change your body, change your life because of that, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that series of cascades that happened, that uh, happy series of connections that happen when you work on your physicality. You can't deny... You know, in MAT parlance, uh, muscle activation techniques, we're always talking about this emotional, physical, chemical um, relationship. And it's the same in generalized fitness. Um, mm-hmm. There's an overlay there as well. We should probably talk about our connection with the body of work that is considered resistance training specialist as well, right? And Tom Purvis. Yeah, yeah. The podcast audience should not be... Un- unfamiliar with that name I've mentioned. Um, I try to give as much credit to his program and his way of thinking as much as I can. Anytime it comes up uh, in my Instagram stories, in my podcast, in anything, I really want people to know that that has been such a keystone in the way that I see the body and see how exercise is either under or oversold, but on the other hand, like how much exercise can be like sophisticated and simple and so effective. And the healthier your joints are on the inside or how your brain responds to those, you know, um, stabilizes and moves those joints the more you can get out of every single thing that you do. Like it's, it's like this never ending asset that you can use if you know how to use the exercise and the physics. Right. And yeah, so I hope, so if you are a new podcast listener, that uh, program is called the resistance training specialist, personaltraining.com. Tom Purvis um, is a, you know, he's a physical therapist by trade, but is a true philosopher and teacher in for exercise professionals. If they, he does not teach people that are making, um, you know, $20 an hour at 24 hour fitness. Like he's teaching people who look at this as a profession. And now that we're entering into this new phase of health and awareness of our health and our self-responsibility, I think, you know, the exercise professional should be put on a pedestal and that Tom Purvis should be teaching all of them. That's what I think personally, but <laughs> um, I don't know. What, would you add anything to that? I mean, yeah. Do you mind if I say something on that as well? Sure. He is, you know, I would say in a general sense, he doesn't like to be called it, but it's true. He becomes a bit of a guru to us in the sense that he, really spends time diving deeply into the underlying science uh, behind everything from simple exercise to more complex execution. But what I find most interesting, and the task is infinitely challenging, is 
how do I simplify what I've come to understand, what Tom knows intimately, and how do I deliver that to my clients? How do I speak about that now? How do you speak about that to your clients? And how do we develop some sort of overlapping, overlapping or intersecting language around that topic, right? The given exercise at hand, what's important, what's not important. For example, I rarely tell my clients the name for an exercise. Mm. And, you know, Jen, I've just mentioned that my business has Pilates in the name. I'm really more. Yeah, that's like, you know, yeah. Can we uh, let me take a break so I can call the Pilates police and tell them you're not using names. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've got my black hood on and my arm <laughs> brand. And yeah. So the reality is that uh, I just look at it all as as movement science. In fact, I think of my business as a laboratory for alternative resistance. We're looking to see what we can do loading with, yes, cables, yes, some degree of weight. We have some kettlebells and uh, some power block dumbbells. But the reality is a lot of our equipment is spring-based. It's bands and tubing, polymerized resistance, as we call it. And um, springs and polymers have completely different uh, profiles for resistance and we can actually change directions creatively with them. Is that getting a little too? No, I think, um, you know, one of the points of this podcast uh, that is, you know, how to, how to get more out of your home exercise. Right. And one, you know, we're not, we, in one level, we are kind of exercise snobs, but on the other level, um, it is, we're trying to discern what that first thing you said about him, which was like, what is actually useful in this situation and what do we not need? So it's like this simplification and sophistication that is missing in like almost every, uh, generalized fitness program out there. You know, nobody, um, can, uh, really tell you what is needed and like, what is essential? And like, even though you just threw in some words there, um, which, you, you know, I think are great words to help people understand, which is, you know, what elastic resistance can do, what elastomers can do. Um, you know, what, I mean, if you want, we can definitely go in that direction of like describing the tubing and stuff like that. But um, I don't think it's too much. I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, adding something of, um, I don't know, something simple that can change their exercise. That's the value of what I'm trying to bring out of you. So, yeah. So, yeah. so what's interesting is that I was going to say that, you know, we use all those modalities, you know, the dumbbells, the kettlebells to a limited extent. And then a lot of the time we're utilizing springs, tubing, elastic resistance. And I realized that I am really reluctant to, by the way, before these times and now I'm going to say, you know, uh, AC and uh, AD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, before and after COVID, I do not 
tell the person the name of the exercise, whether it comes from calisthenics, whether it's one of the famous heavy hitters from the exercise canon, you know, squats, push-ups, planks, uh, lunges, presses, rows. I rarely use those words. And there's a reason for that in the sense that I want, um, kind of true to your guest from two weeks ago, our friend Gregory, Gregory Gordon, I actually want them to create a new experience almost every time. It Mm. takes a little more effort to do so because you've got to sort of demonstrate something. So they're taking some, you know, visual cues off of what you do. Um, And then you're explaining, I want your hip to go backward instead of straight down. So I create the exercise anew. Yes, they will have worked with me. And I'm sure it's the same for your clients. They will have worked with you. So they'll know kind of what your favorite way to do this or that move is and then create variations from there. So that's one thing that I think is super interesting where any magazine, and this we were talking earlier about, you know, the $5 or $25, $50 an hour trainer or fitness coach versus what we do, you know, and, and those of us with MAT certifications, uh, in these major metropolitan areas where what four times that five times that. Mm -hmm. So um, we're talking about uh, creating dynamic, interesting and novel experiences that the clients can benefit from and create adaptations, kind of adaptations. uh, That's, that's. Yeah. I mean, so just to, uh, to paint a picture, I would say, a way that I would do this is if we're doing a body weight squat, I would have somebody just show me their squat and then, okay. Um, how in, let's say it's one of our newer, newer clients. How many times in a session would you perform that squat? Okay. Maybe 20 at a time. Okay. All right. Now try this, go into that same position that you just showed me that lowest position of your squat And then now I'm going to have you push into the ground without moving anything else. Now come out of that squat with the same tension, like you're pushing away the floor, maybe like a leg press, like you're pushing away the plate and then stand up and take at least three seconds to stand up. Now, how many of those could you do? And that is what I would call a novel experience from the same extra, same look of an exercise, the same visual, the same uh, pieces moving. And then the novel exercise then can stimulate a lot of um, different pathways that bring more benefit, uh, even from antioxidant release to, um, you know, the, I guess the neurochemicals of happiness and relaxation into the exercise rather than, you know, hoping to get those things. Like you can pretty much guarantee to get those things if you're having safe and novel experiences with your, with, you know, within one session. um, Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, in a sense that that use of the word novel, when you create this novel experience and you coached it really clearly, you almost create one with the timing, you know, take three three seconds to come up. With the timing, you create more of a stimulus, you know, work equals force times distance over time. And that fraction, 
that physics equation, time is really a factor because work will increase if time is increased, if time under mm-hmm. tension is increased, right? So that's one thing that the listening public might not see or hear all the time. In addition, when you make those specific cues, we are accessing the said principles or the specificity principles, uh, specific adaptations to impose demands where we literally will create uh, the stimulus for change. And those adaptive stimuli are exactly what uh, training, fitness training is all about. We're looking to create some sort of a stress that the body has to uh, repair or get around or um, improve mm-hmm. with the hope that if a next time comes, uh, we'll be better adapted for that next time. Yeah. I like, I love that you not using the name of the exercise. I I'm, I'm playing with that and like going back and forth in my head of, of like what. So when you set like when you are setting someone up for a set of like, let's say two exercises, um, do you demo first and then just give them the visual or say, this is the area I want you to focus on and then you show them or do you give them, is it, is there anatomy involved with what you're teaching in within the, the session? No, it's really interesting. Uh, I would, I would say that I mix it up. I definitely have days where, and, and we all have more high energy days versus more introspective days. And on an introspective day, I might be more about the language. And mm-hmm. on a day that I'm more physically involved, I will instinctively uh, do more. But it's definitely a cocktail of, you know, that old equation, tell, show, do, where it's you're talking through it, you're showing it. At some points, you're talking through it as you're showing it. Um, and then the person is doing it and getting feedback. And again, to reference um, the learning experience, uh, that feedback can either be extremely frequent or it can be really spaced out. I mm-hmm. have, I realized that per that, I, I would say different mood or inspiration, um, sometimes I will give a lot of feedback. The Pilates tradition is really rich in feedback. In fact, I've seen oh, yeah. um, expert biomechanists lecture and then tip the hat to the Pilates professionals or the yoga practitioners in, in the house because of their richness of cueing. They have this infinite vocabulary. The dancers will have this richness of vocabulary about, you know, sometimes it's not scientific. It's evocative, right? It's not yeah. denotative. It's connotative. You know, what are these yeah. associations with these words? I think well, also a- like the cadence of how they do it has add something to it. You know, there's like this wavelength that they're tapping into that has like a choreography yeah. as well. That's a whole different freaking subject. Yeah. But- and you just brought up something else for me, which is rhythm, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. there's music playing and you want to move to rhythm. Sometimes rhythm uh, would destroy the learning experience because it throws mm-hmm. in another factor perhaps too early on. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's something we're not able to really do with this whole, like, virtual training, unless somebody has figured out, like, you know, um, well, the dance classes online, I haven't obviously taken any. Um, But, like, the music factor might be taken out of a lot of training sessions right now, which would be really different for people that if they're used to, like, working out in a gym or studio with loud music, that's interesting. 
you know, it's funny. There there are such a, such a variance because the, um, I hate to reference it again, but the Pilates community gets really um, divided on the subject of music. And I never really had much of a problem with it. I do like that monastic quiet, that reverence that you would, you know, experience in a yoga like situation. So I Mm -hmm. get it. But at the same time, for certain outcomes and certain goals, uh, music can be quite energizing, as I'm sure you're, yeah. Yeah. What about mirrors? Do you think that is too, oh, that's a big subject. It's a big about, subject. You know, how people experience exercise. I think it's a really big subject. Hmm. Okay. You know, a, a lot of my relationship with mirrors comes from what I heard as a, as a young dancer, you know, in Mm -hmm. training as a young dancer, instructors, teachers would always, you know, there'd be this really, you know, much older experienced teacher. Um, back at that time, they might have a cigarette hanging out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would tell you that the mirror never tells you the truth. The mirror always lies. And what they were trying to say is that you can't possibly get this three dimensional, view, which is very appropriate to post COVID times, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, AC and PC. um, (laughs) Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. So, so in these post COVID times, we certainly cannot, you and I've discussed it. We can't go in the zoom meeting into the computer and really get in and around to see every view of our clients and, we might not want to, because if we had all that data, we might be showering them with too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those that can only handle one comment or one piece of feedback for any given exercise. And uh, it really challenges us now to sort of not be able to see the whole client. And, uh, and the client's a bit more on their own. So I guess it does end up being a bit of serendipity. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only thing what came to mind was like how I find that these virtual sessions are very hard uh, mentally on me. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Um, But they're, God, they're so useful. And the client is getting more value out of it. And uh, not more value than like, I guess our MAT sessions, but more value than their in-person, uh, what they were experiencing as personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, what else are you, uh, finding that can really help, I don't know, get more out of like a home exercise? Piece? Well, you just brought up a nice topic. So I feel again, that we are the other essential service, right? Yeah. I, I said that earlier and I want to underscore that because people are confined to their homes, their apartments. Some mm-hmm. people don't live on a lot of real estate. Some people don't have a lot of privacy doors to close rooms to sequester in. And that's where, you know, depending on where you live, you have greater or lesser freedoms. For example, in New York City, it might be difficult to go out on the street and do an exercise routine, whether walking or running or mm-hmm. cycling and truly be alone and at that six foot distance. Uh, and these days there's controversy, whether it should be like 25 or 30 feet because of the way that these wow. nanoparticles can hang in the air. So it's, it's, it's a bit frightening. So, and they say that we won't be back to normal until there's you know, herd immunity or a vaccine, uh, et cetera. 
or widespread testing. So we have all of these things to think about when it comes to my suggestion that the general public, my clients in particular, should get outside and at least if unfit, begin a walking program and then a brisk walking program, alternating speeds, sooner or later, it's going to be very challenging, fast walking, running, sprinting, or doing same or similar on a bike or piece of exercise equipment. And you and I both know that as soon as they get to any level of intensity, whether it's, whether it's uh, a challenging, I'm going to call it a squat routine, although I wouldn't name it myself, um, mm-hmm. or the, the, the tough sprint. Say they did a series of high-intensity sprints like I did this morning um, with 30 seconds of balls-to-the-wall speed and then a minute to 90 seconds of recovery. And I did that about eight times. Some people call that a peak eight workout. But um, that's meant to have a mitochondrial benefit. And the reason that I mention this is that almost as soon as you encourage it for the person who's not really a professional, their imbalanced patterns are going to come to the fore. And now for the first time in our history as practitioners who are adept at neuromuscular work, or corrective biomechanics with with things like MAT or muscle activation techniques. And there are other uh, modalities. For the first time in our recent history, we cannot get to them with our hands. So -hmm. we will not see them on our treatment tables and we will have to have some answer. So as as soon as you increase intensity, uh, you're going to see the same things, right? The uh, early adopters, injuries, showing up, you'll see patterns of tightness and, uh, dare I say, injury. And uh, so what's interesting is that we need to have solutions. And I've become very creative and very enterprising about creating some of these solutions. Um, and I'm sure as you yeah, have. I have. Me. And it's, um, it's it, it, I love the creative freedom that I have right now. Because if you would have asked me to do this six months ago, I would have not done it. Exactly. Yeah. I would have not gone out of my comfort zone to create something. Um, so, you know, I'm, inc- I- I'm incredibly grateful for that. Uh, and I just wouldn't love, I, but the other side of, you know, when people's imbalances are popping up because they sure are, I'm getting more calls uh, or text about um, virtual sessions now than I was two weeks ago mm-hmm. for these very reasons. And, you know, but one of my clients who was very much a manual therapy, I don't know, almost like an addict, like he like needed some type of manual therapy all the time. I don't, do you know these people? of a person. <laughs> um, yeah. And he hasn't had any manual therapy in a month and he's doing really well. And, you know, that is so, in, that is so valuable that he's now seeing that his body and just with my instruction and cueing can retain uh, the strength that he's been building for years. And fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, and I'm becoming more reliant on these things as well, which I have before, but now it's, I'm, I'm much more grounded in the mission of it and grounded in the mission of 
you know, teaching it and coaching it and uh, giving, giving that gift to other people, you know? Well, what I would say about that in response to that is that it's such a wonderful thing to see that the culture of what we've studied all of these years as a, a way of identifying the body's, you know, motions for better or worse and stable motions and pain-free motions, uh, it almost becomes this compendium uh, as to simple uh, performance enhancement, functional mm-hmm. enhancements. And those, and those imperatives simply go through, they cut through everything. So we're able to coach with that philosophy. Um, I've done some guided self-care where I'll ask my clients, I can't go and work with you on the table. Um, we're going to sit in this chair facing each other. I'm going to ask you to move your fingertips to your iliac crest mm. that's over here. And, and I, so they're learning their anatomy. They're learning to, to feel these bony landmarks. And mm. that's one approach in conjunction with corrective isometrics and uh, other approaches toward positional stability that we utilize in our practice. Um, I think you use all of those things as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been interesting um, doing that. The biggest challenge, honestly, has been getting people to uh, invest a little bit of effort and a little bit of money into setting up a camera properly and getting the right lighting. Yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, that could change the whole entire outcome of what we're doing. Uh, But the communication... And, um, you know, just because I, I think I've, I've said this before, every single session that I get people in here in my practice. So in person, I want them to have that novel experience, especially if they're in pain, meaning if they were doing side bend of their trunk, meaning the, the spine flexing to the side and they had pain, we go into some of those positions and teach the body how to not experience pain, that it's not necessarily a alarm system that needs to be going off right now. Granted, like, you know, they are my client experienced and cleared for exercise. And Now that, um, so that was my goal before this whole thing and then teaching them to retain it and coach their body was such a hurdle for my business. And I was trying to get people less reliant on me for years. I've been working on this and now I'm able to like conduct it and like be, you know, and be the conductor of it and show them that it is possible. So dude, I'm so happy and over the moon about this whole thing, but um, besides the people dying and yeah, yeah, because this, this concept is aging really well, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we um, learn how to stay strong and get the knowledge that we can, that, that will sustain us in strength, uh, physical strength. And, you know, I mean, not to say that word again, but like what you just said was essentially what I would call biohacking. You know, yeah. if I had, if I could take Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield out of it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's interesting when picture of him yesterday, I was like, Oh my God. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, So it's, it's interesting to try and figure out where, we fit on the dial, right? As mm-hmm. to a lot of the the language we use sounds kind of holistic, but the reality is it's simple science, mm-hmm. and and all of it's it's data driven science. Um, when it comes to what you were describing as going into those positions of spinal side bend, um, any of our work around low intensity isometrics it almost becomes a less is more scenario, which I find is very yogic, right? Mm -hmm. So I've tried to get across to people what my sessions look and feel like. And I'll say, kind of looks a little bit like biomechanical yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to feel a little bit that way, but then we're going to move to some really challenging resistance work. Then we're going to work on some high intensity work. Um, and we'll even throw music in at a certain point. So there are these various levels. For my sessions, there are these various levels. I call them phases or stages. And a newbie might be working with me for, for three stages. And then someone who's been with me for a very long time, we can move through eight or nine stages. And they'll all have their own different color and intensity. And the guided resistance work is you know, probably the, the main course for us, the training, mm-hmm. those, the training continuum. Um, and it's very much near and dear to us, um, but it might not be, you know, standalone important. Um, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to know a little bit more about the stages that you just mentioned. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, yeah, with, with my clientele, we will do um, some with, with some of them that had some attention to postural correction. Um, we will do an eye exercise. Uh which would be four major motions that the eyes can sort of follow uh, a line on your index finger. Um, those who have not done postural work with me will do definitely be doing some form of primal reflex integration. This is all cataloged in a book called Rhythmic Movement Training by Dr. Harold Blomberg. Incredibly relaxing exercises. Um, they, I think of them as a pre-flight check. So basically... Mm. In Sweden, a, a photographer who focused mostly on babies shared her information with Dr. Blomberg. They cataloged these movements they saw all babies doing, and uh, they started to write about them and research them. So uh, that is a book. It's a heavy read. Um, you can find is that even, movements that heal. Say again. Movement movements that heal. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I guess it's called rhythmic movement training. And um, you'll oh, see yeah, any, a... <laughs> what's that? I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's a great book. There are any number of people just sharing their versions of primal reflex integration exercises. So those can be found elsewhere. Um, I like to teach them in a really clean way. So I'm doing more with that. And then uh, we move to uh, really a full body isometric active range of motion warm up which I'm very proud of. Uh, it has some of its underpinnings in the MAT um, mm-hmm. hierarchies, but mm-hmm. they're going to know how to use their deep um, transverse abdominis musculature and flexors and hip flexors, trunk flexors and hip flexors and the spinal side bending that you described. And so I move through this stuff 
in a specific way. And that has a yogic sort of energy to it. It's very relaxing, very positional. We're talking about the breath. We're holding positions for, you know, about 35 seconds in total before moving to the other side. And then um, we'll go into stuff that's basically simulated Pilates. So it's, I call it virtual reformer on the mat because people, they love their Pilates mat, but they always feel like there's more value when they're using quote unquote, the machines. So um, again, we'll, we'll create these setups where um, in, in general terms, we call them bridging, but we have these, machine assisted bridging exercises you probably know them jen um Mm -hmm. on the pilates reformer we'll do a whole series of things that are meant to simulate that machine and uh you know pilates round back pilates neutral Mm -hmm. spine Um, yeah i love those yeah they're fantastic they feel great Mm -hmm. and they really dovetail well with the stuff you know the, the mat isometrics and the rhythmic movement training and then we go into uh a series that i love that really gets people you know, enjoying things is it's generally called a nitric oxide boost or blast. You mentioned this yesterday and it definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. So you can see that a couple of uh, holistic health gurus have propagated nitric oxide exercise and it's kind of dropped in terms of its popularity, but I, I think it's interesting to have somebody from exercise, from movement, since I am a dancer and a fitness coach uh, and a lifelong athletic person, actually giving motions that have a rhythmic quality to them. So you can do squats and you can do jumping jacks, but I actually turn these things into sort of lo- low tech movement art. And I want to get the large muscle groups going, a lot of swinging motions. And the formula is that you'll do an exercise 10 times, um, uh, 10 repetitions, four sets. So there are four exercises of 10 repetitions, and you do the whole thing four times. So mm-hmm. I'll call them informally the 160s. So this will take, depending on the tempo of music that you use, this will take what? Two or three, I mean, it's three minutes. Um, and it's pure fun. You know, you can have themes, uh, you can add, you know, a Latin flair or a disco flair or a hip hop flair. And it really gets people smiling, especially if I have a class format on Zoom with more than three people. Uh, there's interaction. Sometimes the kids get up in the background. That's a blast. Yeah. I mean, would I be a good fit for that class? Oh, you'd be like the perfect fit, right? You do these. Oh, man. Get me on workouts. that mailing list. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. So nitric oxide is of particular interest uh, PC because of it can it helps the immune system. Well, lot. it has a host. I mean, the, the benefits to nitric oxide, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. Mm. Um, I, I think it might be considered, uh, I, I believe at one time I knew this better, but I think it may be considered a neurotransmitter. Um, nitric oxide is released by the epithelial cells of the circulatory system. So it helps to lower blood pressure. Uh, It helps us in in crossing the blood-brain barrier. It helps us with memory, you know, cognitive clarity, focus, concentration, um, all kinds of recall. So I will tell clients, because your system uh, replaces this and because the exercises are not of the exhaustive type, right? They're Mm -hmm. the kind of global dancey motions. You can do this every two hours uh, if you're working from home 
and it gets you up, it gets you circulating, it gets the blood moving. And, you know, I would simply caution that if your blood pressure is dangerously low, and if you do this and it's effective, it might not be a good idea. So you might want to, you know, contact your doctor before doing a protocol like this. And I would imagine the same if you were on blood pressure medications, you might want to know how this works. Yeah. That said, um, in speaking to some of my doctor colleagues, you know, to, to discuss this material, um, they're skeptical as to whether an exercise modality could be effective as a drug, as effective as a drug. Of course um, they are. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, their biases related to their educations and their perspectives. And, uh, you know, they're not to be discounted, but again, all of this goes into a, a, a mixed bag. Uh, it's probably a general idea, a generally good idea to check with a physician before doing anything new. Um, but after that, we go to, um, uh, right now in the group stuff, I'm working in Tabata um, principles mm-hmm. and then using these sort of Pilates bootcamp moves, which can have, I'm gonna call them not uh, high impact, but uh, conservative impact, where I teach those that work with me how they can land from a simulated jump where they move up into say it's a, a jump squat, right? They'll move up into the shape of a jump, but they never leave the ground. Mm. So their hands go all the way up overhead. And as they come down, they haven't left the ground. They lower down, like you were saying earlier, for a count of four. And if you lower down mm-hmm. for a count of four into a squat, um, you will start to feel it. You no matter feel your it. Body. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I never had a name for that. I definitely do that exercise. Recently. You do that exercise? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then we do eventually leave the ground. And this comes from something that we do in the Pilates studio where we take the bars that have springs on them and we'll, we'll vigorously thrust down on them and then jump so that there's a suspension quality in the air as you're being buoyed up by the spring. And um, there are a lot of things in Pilates studio that you do with jumping. You can line your back on the reformer and jump against these springs mm-hmm. and it feels like you're bouncing. Um, but in this upright position, we basically do the, the jump squat, except the hands are pushing down to the thighs as you leave the ground. So you're rocketed up, you suspend for a moment, and then you lower down into that controlled squat. Now, this is a case where you do leave the ground, but the impact is controlled by that spring. So there's only a fraction of your weight re-entering the ground because the spring is holding you up. And uh, it's really effective, really gets the heart rate up. So we use things like that. The actual jump starts or in the studio, the jump starts with the, with the bars that are sprung. And uh, this whole thing becomes this really high intensity, relatively conservative for impact kind of um, boot camp. Um, and, and of course, uh, you, you know, the Tabata work, do you use it? Um, not at the moment, but yeah, I, well, I guess I do. No, no, not at the moment, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just another cardiorespiratory tool to have in your toolbox, working a different energy system than the traditional, you know, like I said, the balls to the wall, 30 seconds of effort. And yeah. since I'm in that sprint workout, we'll sometimes use the same, um, vocabulary, the same programming, um, either in the studio, the fitness environment, or through Zoom, and we'll replicate that 30 seconds of max out effort and then yeah. fill the recovery time with some cool coordinate exercises like cross patterns. Mm-hmm. Do, you guys, do you guys do anything like that? Uh, cross, you, do you mean in Pilates or? 
like, you know, like uh, these would be exercises where you sort of like march and then you tap the opposite knee or. Oh yeah. I mean, I know of it. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's bringing up the podcast guest I was telling you about yesterday. But, oh, wow. Um, yeah, she does. Um, we've talked about similar things, but um, yeah, the crossbody patterning is not something I teach or do. Uh, if anything, I, and I'm sure this is related, the things that I teach have more to do with like deceleration. And I mean, there's obvious, any athletic move, movement, there's crossbody patterning and that you, like I talk people through. So yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't be like brand new information. Why don't you, why don't you share one with me and I can share one with you. If, do we have time for that? Hmm. Let me think. No, I'd have to think a little bit. I mean, if you've got one, go for it. Well, yeah, I was just remembering that when I do this high intensity work, I'm, I'm really looking for something that replaces burpees. And oh, a, yeah. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> a huge fan of burpees and, and it could work for a symptom-free, you know, 20-year-old. It certainly worked for me when I was that age. And, mm-hmm. and I got into fitness via boot camp instruction. Right. I had a mm. six five Trini Marine named Glenn Ashby. He would bark out orders and I loved the musicality of his accent, um, the Caribbean mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. And he was a warm hearted guy, um, a, a gentle giant. And I was the guy who demonstrated at his side. So I got to know how to do everything, you know, every which way in gravel and dirt and, you know, get really banged up thing is somewhere along the way and um it's kind of thought processes like philosophies like tom purvis's but i got the perspective uh, it's not mine so i can't take credit for it that boot camp was never boot camp was never intended to train uh bodies it was intended to train the minds mm, for the psychological okay. pressures of war and uh that stuck with me so as i do things i'm always really careful that they're they're not hurting the body so Hence, I'm not going to do burpees because, Jen, you and I both know that we sort of max out trunk flexion and we max out hip flexion. And Mm -hmm. those would better be really strong if we're going to do that number that's required in a high intensity routine. So I kind of do these, um, what I just described, these jump squats, but I'll also do these changing lunges. So it would be a lunge that basically looks a little bit like, you know, uh, the Terminator sort of running. Let's let's say a better image would be like uh, FTD florist uh, symbol where it's mercury or statue of mercury that running position where you're you're in a lunge with one elbow say crossed over the opposite knee and then you jump in the air and you change opposite lunge so they're jumping lunges changing Mm -hmm. lunges and uh i don't name them of course because i would land them more torso rather than knee flexion so we wouldn't be like we'd really be sticking the butt out more so than going Mm -hmm. straight up Mm -hmm. and down and as we do that and we lower down into a running position, it's all about deceleration. So we make yeah. that change. You've got to have really good balance and you've got to have clients who have had some, you know, their, their mechanics is relatively healthy. Um, and it's a great exercise. So we no, lower down. And like for, to give you guys a reference, like this is the totally wonderful and ironic part about this. The, I would call the minimum weights trainer would hate these because of the trunk angle right and because the most basic lunges and 
honestly, like I'm a little mad at myself for bringing our conversation down to like what basic lunges look like because where you just were was 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 just like such an a like in a an elated state of what exercise could be, you know. Um, the most basic lunge pat like pattern that uh, the the trainer is going to teach is shrunk upright and shove yourself forward and then stand up and. It, Thanks so much for saying that, Jen, because I left that part out, right? But yeah, because that's it. I mean, that's when I picture it in my head, because I teach the, I teach this a very similar exercise. It's um, and, you know, it's 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 just funny, like the the difference um, that, you know, there's there's really not a rule that we should be following about lunges or squats like we really have to think about all the other variables that are involved, you know? Yeah. And the, and what we didn't even discuss today was that they're going to look different. Even our specific mm-hmm. versions of them, they're going to so different on different bodies and body mm-hmm. types and proportions. Those two exercises the most mm-hmm. because of the, uh, the nature of the limb lengths, right? The relative mm-hmm. length, you know, from your hip to your knee on one person versus another person mm-hmm. and so forth. You know, you know what? I don't know if you have a place you want to go, but something we were talking about earlier with tubing kind of stuck in my mind. And, you know, it's interesting that tubing is about the lightest thing, the least space consuming thing that we can utilize uh, along with elastic bands. And Mm -hmm. uh, I guess they're both equally flexible, but tubing gets the edge for me because we can kind of replicate a lot of stuff that we do in gym and fitness scenarios because it's got handles, which Mm -hmm. means that your hands can push through some challenging resistance without compromise where if you're using bands, it's really hard to get up to the full um, might of an exercise. The banding would have to be so thick and you're wrapping it around your fist. So I use a lot of tubing, uh, especially uh, around these times post COVID. Um, And generally if we go back and we do a quick biomechanics analysis, there's certain things about tubing that are ideal. You just have to know, how tubing works. And when tubing uh, is used, mostly we're limited to the attachment points and doors and such. I happen to use a set with carabiner clips and to be able to create all these different directions of resistance that look like your gym exercises. And that's a whole other deep dive for another podcast. But what I was going to say is that if you were to simply do bicep curls with tubing, a lot of people, they wouldn't think to use two tubes uh, and maybe stand in a lunge and, and put one tube under one foot, one tube under the other. So you get basically resistance that's even through the range, which is something that we talk about all the time when we're talking shop amongst ourselves, but the the public doesn't really uh, see demonstrations of that kind of exercise. Another thing about tubing is that certain exercises don't really work so well for tubing because uh, of their nature. When you stretch a tube long, it gets harder and you want Basically, you want less torque. So you want these limbs to kind of fold up in such a way. I think. Yeah. Uh, so what is what you're saying is when the when the when the tubing is uh, loose or um, flaccid, it doesn't offer any resistance, obviously. But there's a point where it offers um, the said amount of resistance, probably like what, like, th- you know, it'll say the 30 pound band. And then there's a point past that where it offers a little bit more than that. Right. Right. And there's a, there's a point past that where it's really stretched, you know, for example, if it's, it's too short a piece of tubing for a very tall person, 
uh, and their oh, arms are yeah, just going to go to their heads. Yeah. It's going to go to its plastic range and it's going to just act like rope. And at that point, it has a risk of breaking. It's just going to pull away from wherever it's attached. So mm-hmm. that's, that's something to watch for. You want it always to be in that flexible part of the range. Um, and what I was getting to earlier was that, you know, certain exercises like, uh, I think a squat's a good example. If you have tubing attached below you, but also a little behind you, so it's almost in the line of your spine, that's ideal. That's something that you don't get from gravity, right, with weight. So you can actually use a substantial amount of resistance coming from below you and behind you, and you can stand up into a into a standing squat position and... Uh, you're probably going to get a good amount of abs as well as glutes. Um, but you can really make that even more of a glute exercise there. Um, tricky balance wise. Yeah. It's got its own thing to it. Changes the way that you lean forward. Got a little Liberty leaning forward. I like to do those combined with a press. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I was just talking about having less torque, you know, most of your limbs basically get to a straight position. And, uh, if the tubing is long enough and they get up, your limbs get up to a straight position you have that moment at the top where the tubing is pulling the most and you've just reduced, you're just going to have to trust Jen and I that you're reducing all that torque. And uh, the exercise is basically compliant with a a general scan as to whether it has the good mechanical uh, resistance profile. Is that a simple way to say that? Well, um, not quite, but the, (laughs) the, the idea is that if you have, a good resistance profile, you're going to be challenged in the majority of the time you spend in the exercise appropriately, meaning it's not going to be too much of a struggle. It's going to be in that just right zone, right? There's going to be obviously some challenge, some struggle, but it has to be just the right amount. When things drop off, um, they either become dangerous or they become kind of worthless. That's that's what I would say would be the really simple version of that. Yeah. So in that, in that squat setup, you know, when you stand up in the top of the squat, there's actually a balance challenge that's happening, but some of the risky stuff drops off because your limbs are straightened out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a general, generally the idea that when your limbs are straightened out, you've got less torque. So the muscles are not under greater stress when the tubing is pulling its, its hardest. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, no, with the, yeah, the tubing squat, exactly. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, and like that simple adjustment can actually make it worth, worth your while. Like, that's the whole point of this, that that's the simplicity, that's the sophistication. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want you to bottle this up and package it and sell it to everyone. Can I get on that team? Yes, we're going to figure out a way to bottle this up and package it and make it digestible and uh, easily propagated. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, what are you, uh, do you have anything to add to the uh, tubing stuff? Otherwise, well, I'm gonna wrap it um, up. You know, um, with tubing, just to start to classify really quickly, like you, you get tubing suspended above you in a door frame. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in a chain link fence with the car- carabiners that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are like a perfect fit. A chain link schoolyard fence and carabiner clips. Carabiners are, they can add so much to your home program. You can um, go wild. Yeah. Yeah. And get, you know, spend spend a little bit more than like five bucks on them and they will add so much. Because you can't, 
there are really bad carabiners out there. Yeah. Um, meaning they will like unlock on you. You know, this yeah. is like the issue. Um, there's that. Uh, so do get a, you know, a certified climbing carabiner, not one you put on your keys. <laughs> I will say that first. Right. Right. Um, they, but yeah, go they all have a weight rating. So, so, mm-hmm. so the fine print matters with carabiners. Mm-hmm. And then I, I actually, I think uh, there's a brand called Fitness Gear. I'm not sure if it's made by the Dick's Sporting Goods chain, mm-hmm. but Fitness Gear's car- uh, tubing has carabiners, or one of their tubing choices has carabiners attached already. So um, you're just attaching to the fence, to the handles, and you've got this wealth of choices. But I would suggest, and uh, this is really the most creative, is that if you get light through medium light, and then medium, and then high resistance tubing. It's a great idea to buy a doubled set, and then you can be ex- extraordinarily creative with your tubing with these different angles. And doubling up lighter tubing will give you more of that, this is the truth of tubing, more of that usable range than using a single piece of very heavy tubing or trying to thread a piece of heavy tubing um, you know, around different attachment points. So you're using a lengthened piece of tubing and you've got this doubling up of light ones and you get a lot more utility out of that. Also, um, tricep exercise, just a tricep pushdown is, is really easy to set up with tubing. And it's the same as far as that relationship between the resistance profile. Yeah. And, and, uh, and like, honestly, like getting, oh my God, not even to talk about the value of, adding a good resistance profile to your tubing, it will help your joints and help your pain levels. Like this is so, um, to me, it's vital. Like I, I do not want to spend my time on exercise that is not going to benefit my joints. Like I don't, I, I would rather, um, I, yeah, no. I mean, if I had the choice between a subpar exercise experience in the sauna, I would pick the sauna. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know what I like? Yeah. That, I mean, like that's the bias I'm coming from uh, podcast folks. Like it's that important to me. So like this piece of the takeaway for this information is like, put a pin on it. Like I just wanted to underline that and tell people that. It's first do no harm really. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the, the use of these, uh, elastic tubing modalities and, and others like them, it's, it's so infinite what you can do with them that you can specifically, and it might be something that we want to follow up with some notes, Jen, or you might have some of your own notes to throw in, but there's literally every exercise you know can re- be replicated. And as I have done this and been forced to your point, been forced to do this and be more creative, like Carbon under pressure, you know, creates sure. diamonds. Diamonds, right? Um, wine that ferments for years and years becomes fine vintage, right? Grapes. Um, this period of time has been remarkable in the way that I've gotten to know tubing and come up with solutions around the use of tubing for resistance exercises. Mm-hmm. More so than I did when I was a new trainer. It's incredible. Um, that's. I mean, that, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the, an incredible incredible value in the education that we did with um, RTS, MAT, 
I have a young lady that I'm tutoring that did the RTS program and she's so scared to use the information. And now I'm just saying, look, honey, like this is, this is the time to thrive. Like using this information is, um, you know, because she thought it all had to be on machines, right? She thought it all had to be perfect setups and um, completely engineered to be perfect. And that's not what it's about. It's about those adjustments and saying, um, okay, like let's explore the forces. Let's explore the physics. Let's explore how your joint moves. And then you can create a much more rich experience with the exercise and rather than the engineered one. You know, to your point there, um, there are times when I'm out in the schoolyard with this tubing and I've got, I'm missing one, right? And I have to mm-hmm. use, to create that stereo effect of the same thing on both sides, I've got to compromise and I have to come up with a solution. So I choose an angle that's a little greater, a little further away. I might thread some of the tubing through the fence for six inches or so. And I take uh, 20 pounds or 30 pounds on one side and I take 40 pounds on the other side. And I've got to get those two tubes to feel the same. Um, What's more is I don't even know if we all really ever put the same amount because I think the exercise scientists... Uh, would agree that we didn't ever put the same exact amount of uh, weight or pressure uh, or effort into both sides of anything. And and Mm. you and I both know that, you know, our bodies, we're working towards symmetry, but in many cases in reality, it's, we're not always symmetrical. It may be. So even if you're, um, if we're back in the gym and we're sitting on a chest press machine, my body could, will potentially make a adjustment posturally to overcome that force or that weight and push the weight away, even though it looks as symmetrical as possible. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for elucidating that. Uh, so, so I've taken to experimenting with doing it intentionally, putting uh, (laughs) a shorter, lighter tube on one side and a slightly heavier tube, more elongated on the other side, because I really don't have uh, the right numbers to add up in my toolkit on that given day. And, uh, to be honest, there is no ill effect. You know, what have we, we've been doing this for six weeks or so now. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually think that the stimulus uh, might be more beneficial than not changing it up because we're always talking yeah. about. I mean, we do it with, and not we, just you and I, but I mean, like everybody in the physical therapy world is, you know, everybody understands that you have to do that at some point when people come in for, for you know, rehab and that the brain is very favorable to those changes. So I don't see why it wouldn't be the same thing in the, you know, quote unquote, real world. Oh, yeah. In the real world, you know, you've got people who have maybe had their, you know, arms in casts and such, or they've, mm-hmm. got, they've been immobilized because of a surgery, and then they go back. And I know that there are cases where they tell them to train both sides because you want this stuff to be even, but the client recovering patient might only train the side that suffered the deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting as well, but we're able to create every single exercise, uh, in these scenarios, in these home workouts, you know, as I do yeah. carabiners in the playground, it's just a, a carnival. It's a, it's a, yeah. and they feel great because, you know, um, one of these other gems from the time working with Tom Purvis and, uh, 
something he always discusses is when we're not using mass, if we slow down the implications of mass, if we really slow our emotions as much as we can, um, we take out some of this inertial force. Um, when it mm. comes to tubing, you don't have mass involved at all. So you're already talking about a different, if there is risk, there are different reasons for the risk. It's certainly not coming from this inertial motion of, of mass. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, oh man, that, I, I just have to say, like, I feel so enlightened and like encouraged by, you know, doing more training virtually. Yeah. Hands down. I really do. Like that's, but you know, I come away from most of our conversations pretty jazzed. I'd say. To, to, up, to even exhume that which we already know and practice on a daily basis and then, then re-examine it, reinvent it for these new present-day purposes and goals. It's just it's highly rewarding. Mm. Um, it really, it's making me think about the gym of the future so much too. Like I definitely want, you know, open space, like outdoor space involved in my, like, you know, how I'm going to do my fitness, like how Mm. if somebody gave me a hundred thousand dollars to play with, just putting it out there in the universe guys. Um, and to like create a, you know, a gym, uh, of my flavor, knowing all this stuff, like I would have, you know, kind of like a schoolyard set up, like where we could change the resistance profile at, you know, within minutes and just say, boom, boom, boom. Like, let's put this over here. Carabiner there, carabiner there. Okay. We got something cool. Let's go. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, since you're bringing it up, you know, the one downside is that sometimes I'm out there for a couple of hours, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm just having such a good time and I want to make the exercise that much better. I'm climbing up the fence. I'm attaching the clip. I'm climbing down. People look at me like I'm crazy because these things look like these color coded lines hanging up there on a schoolyard fence. And, uh, it gets to be, you know, if we really, here we are, you and I are, are trying to simplify this so that we understand each other. And we hope that the listeners are getting this the way that we're enthusiastic about it. But, um, this is, can be fairly complex when you look at what we're talking about, these resistant profiles, these angles, these, um, yeah. considerations. But it only takes a couple reps for you to feel it. And you're like, Oh, that's what exercise should feel like. It should be just that much challenging. It should not, I shouldn't have to, um, clench my jaw and, you know, like, or, um, do the opposite. Like you shouldn't, you know, I, I, so the podcast I recorded earlier today, we were talking about, um, the lack of the total lack of resistance in like the influencer esque workouts. Right. And I'm so glad you and I didn't go there because, you know, once we go down that rabbit hole, (laughs) Mm. it's hard to leave. You know, we stayed in this, um, really wonderful zone of what is possible. And the thing is, it's like, if you have the creativity and the confidence with the knowledge of, you know, these, these principles of physics. And when I say these principles of physics, I am talking about high school level physics, physics. It's not, um, 
you know, nuclear science. It's, um, but, you know, on the other end of that, like there are aerospace engineers that need our help. People like you and I, they need our help because they're designing exercise equipment, you know, and they're designing exercise to be the absolute most efficient part of an astronaut's day. Right. Mm-hmm. And cause they, you know, it's life-saving literally for them. And it is, um, I guess what I was, you know, I'm just grateful that we kind of like stayed in that zone of what's possible. And that just to go back to like the first thing I said, um, in this rant is that, or my point (laughs) is that to feel the exercise, um, you do have to like work a little bit out of your mental uh, comfort zone, or, um, I'm sure you would be able to do like a zoom consult on how to set this kind of stuff up. Um, maybe a webinar or, Yeah, to be able to show people how to just set this stuff up because once they start experimenting, there is a whole world of exercises out there. Yeah, well, for one thing, what I didn't mention and the simple fact is that at one point in time, they're not the most attractive given. But at one point in time, the chain link fence was one of the most popular and people would have them in their backyards, not just in schoolyards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so this could be something that a significant uh, percentage of the listeners have literally in their backyard surrounding their property Mm -hmm. access to this as soon as they order, you know, two of the same sets. I mean, but you know, you could even add in a few bits from Home Depot for those, um, you know, the other types of fence that are more like, you know, homeowner association friendly. Oh, there's a a host of solutions. You can, you can put up some, you know, uh, some fence posts with yep. it. Yeah. And then you can, you can put in uh, very strong anchors, et cetera, mm-hmm. and have hooks. Yep. Uh, that's yeah. another thing. There's um, the climbing gyms have a bunch of stuff like that where you just like hook stuff in yep. and you just screw it in. And then you have uh, stuff at your, at your place that would be great for attaching tubing. In fact, I think I see. That's, yeah. That's why I bought it. I mean, I saw the versatility of that thing and I was like, Oh, I want this. And, this has been a wonderful time for me to just experiment with that piece of equipment. They call it an eight in one piece of equipment, the fuse mm-hmm. ladder. Mm-hmm. And um, it really is like, I'm able to do cardio. I'm able to do, I just, I did a really badass upper body workout like uh, three hours ago on it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's why I bought it for the reason I could be creative in a small space. And I'm really grateful for that now. Cause my commercial, um, imprint is small, meaning like I'm going to survive this, you know, and from the, you know, the economic point of view. And, um, so this is all, you know, uh, I'm happy to be a minimalist in this, (laughs) this era. Um, I have to wrap it up, but, uh, this, I, like I said, this was, I mean, I'm so encouraged to be creative and, um, this is awesome. Yeah. I want to do your class. Yes, we'll we'll set it up. Um, okay. Right now, we're growing the schedule, and uh, I guess what you and I will talk about what works. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm also just really open to uh, ideas and suggestions about the concentration, right? Because mm-hmm. I've got I think the biggest class we've had so far is five, and I'm not mm-hmm. used to more than 
you know, four, four to six. So it could be something that, you know, rolls out with a greater number of people participating. We'll see. I just want to say thank you so much to Jen and Impact Your Fitness for having me here today. Uh, It was a great pleasure talking and working things out with you, Jen. And uh, I look forward to talking to you some more. Take care, everybody. That was a fabulous episode on enriching your home exercise. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you as always. I am so privileged to bring this high quality exercise education to you. We have so much more in the show notes. So please check those out. And if you'd like to support the show, go ahead and check out Ruvi, R-U-V-I. It's a high-performance drink that is just fruits and vegetables and nothing else. That means all the fiber. It's just freeze-dried blends. It really speaks for itself. There's no additives, no sugar, no gluten, and all the fiber. Just as I said, that's my favorite part. Your first order comes with a free shaker bottle. So cool. Go to impactyourfitness.thrivelife.com slash Ruby. And of course, please support the show with a subscription and a review on iTunes.